On today's episode, train my brain for better running performance. Welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, smarter runner. If you're like me, running is life, but more often than not, injuries disrupt this lifestyle. And once you are injured, you're looking for answers and met with bad advice and conflicting messages circulating the running community. The world shouldn't be like this. You deserve to run injury-free and have access to the right information. That's why I've made it my mission to bring clarity and control to every runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I'm a physiotherapist, a former chronic injury sufferer, and your podcast host. I am excited that you have found this podcast and by default become the Run Smarter Scholar. So let's work together to overcome your injury, restore your confidence, and start spreading the right information back into your running community. So let's begin today's lesson. Over the next couple of weeks, I have a whole bunch of uh, really, really good guests that I'm excited uh, to interview. They're mainly researchers, but got them lined up in the next three weeks or so. But today, I thought I would do something a bit different, just do a solo episode on uh, a topic that I haven't touched base on. Um, I thought I, it'd be really different, really interesting just to throw this one out there. Because I am doing an online module on this concept, I thought I would delve into it on a podcast episode. Uh, within the online course, I do talk about a few like treatment, practical like strategies to um, train the brain. But I thought for this, like, just it's pure audio driven this podcast medium, so um, it might be a bit tricky to communicate. But thought I'd at least introduce the concept. It'd be like perfect, and you guys will still take away. A lot from this because um yeah i i really think this is um a topic that most of us can relate to if you've ever done a race or if you've ever applied or like competed in a marathon this is um this is really practical for you i think I'm, i might turn down this gain to see if um getting a fair bit of feedback let's see if that's a bit better okay so um train my brain for better running performance. I wanted to start with a bit of a story. So if you haven't known about Roger Bannister and his four minute mile, uh, most runners have heard of it, but let me just start with it anyway, because it really um, fits in nicely with this concept. And so uh, within athletics, within running, it was once seemed that breaking the four minute mile was like impossible and people were trying and trying and it just seemed like people were getting seconds off. The harder they tried, the more they trained, they just couldn't break this barrier. And um, yeah, it was considered impossible. They had like um, scientists looking at the ability for the muscles to produce a certain amount of output over a certain period of time and uh, the equations weren't balancing out and they said, yeah, it's probably not likely that this is going to ever happen. And then Roger Bannister finally broke the four-minute mile and shattered the record and shattered everyone's limitations and beliefs around what's possible. And so he held that world record with a lot of pride and he held it just for 46 days. It was broken 46 days later. And over that course of 18 months, it would be broken again and again and again, 40 times, four zero, 40 times over 18 months. As soon as... Um, 
Roger, Ban- uh, Roger Bannister finally did it. Um, it seemed like the realization for others was it was possible. And so the floodgates opened. And so what exactly happened here? How can we go to the scientists and uh, go through the amount of like output a muscle can produce and talk about this and talk about those sort of limitations when as soon as someone does it, a whole, uh, a whole bunch of people start breaking this once they realize it was possible. So what's, what the hell's happening here? <laughs> um, it seems that we are fixing our own limitations and then it asks another question, well, can we override these limitations? And a lot of these concepts and a lot of these ideas that I'll be talking about today um, pretty much stems off uh, Alex Hutchinson's book. It's called Endure, and the subtitle is Mind, Body, and the Curious, the Curiously Elastic Limits, which is beautifully titled. Um, do we have these limits? Are they? Uh, is it just the mind that's creating these limits, and can we stretch these limits ourselves? Um So one of the nice quotes that I grabbed from this book says that it turns out that whether it's heat, cold, hunger, or thirst, or muscles screaming with the supposed poison of lactic acid, uh, what matters in many cases is how the brain interprets these distress signals. So it's not so much the signals themselves, it's how important the brain is prioritizing these signals. And what's curious is the need What's crucial is the need to override these instincts and perhaps train the brain to maybe not consider these distress signals as high of a priority. And so the initial focus around um, limitations and the physical capacities of our body was that the body sets the limits and then the brain dictates how close we can get to pushing those boundaries. So essentially what was once believed is Let's like those who were performing really well, those ultra athletes, they could just train their brain to push their body closer to that danger limit. And um, that's sort of just made sense. And as you became more fatigued, um, it would like you'd run out of energy. You'd run out of like the um, fuel that's stored within your body. Your muscles would become more and more fatigued. Your body would uh, strain further and further away from homeostasis and it wants to get back to homeostasis as soon as possible. Uh, as you begin to push yourself, uh, if we're talking about like an endurance, uh, an ultra event, you're getting closer and closer to kind of these danger limits where the organs start shutting down and uh, yeah, things start overriding. We're running out of energy storage and we're getting closer to death. Like we're, we're wanted, we want to avoid that as much as possible. And what performance was, was the brain just getting closer and closer to those limits. And that's where we see that um, discrepancy in someone who can run for four days, five days straight compared to someone who's running a marathon. That's what, that's what was believed, but that doesn't make sense. If you can see within like a, a marathon, runners who are exhausted and pushing their limits. And then as soon as it gets to the last K, as soon as you get to the the final, like you can see the the sign, all of a sudden, all your fatigue goes away. You feel happy. You can sprint to the end. um, And that last K doesn't feel as bad. So that doesn't make sense if we're talking about that concept. So what they introduced was, especially in this book, Alex Hutchinson's book, Just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know, I have just updated my five-day injury prevention challenge. 
This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign up link is in the show notes, so fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow. Uh, this concept called the central governor theory. And it was originally, I think it was originally introduced by this researcher called Noakes, Tim Noakes, I think his first name was. And um, he proposed this, cent- this central governor theory and that um, proposes that performance is regulated by a complex intelligent system, mainly around the brain. And so according to this model, subjects begin to exercise an, at an intensity which is determined by a number of factors. It's determined by your physical capacity, but it's also determined by your state of training, the expected duration of the exercise, your previous experiences, what you've had with a marathon. Um, The previous experiences does come into, um, I'll talk about that a lot in um, the second half of this episode, like the relative importance of the exercise, like all these sort of um, mental aspects that we don't really consider and plenty of other influences. So taking in all these concepts, this is what the brain's trying to sort out when it comes to output in terms of like how to perform. And Tim Noakes actually says it's actually the brain alone that sets and enforces the seemingly physical limits that we encounter during prolonged exercise. And I've done plenty of episodes in the past around the importance of the brain. And we've talked about chronic pain. We've talked about stress and recovery, um, trying to recover from injuries and how much of your mental state and how much the brain, how important all that is. And I guess this is just one of those episodes where um, it fits into that category as well. And like what I'm saying is like, in other words, the, the limits that we encounter during exercise aren't a consequence of failing muscles we've imposed in advance it's imposed in advance by the brain to ensure that we never reach that limit so we're not actually pushing closer and closer to the limit of muscle shutting down and running out of energy uh, storage and that kind of thing what we're doing is um, delivering a certain amount of output delivering a certain amount of um, energy based on a whole bunch of experiences and factors. And there was a really nice concept. I think it was in one of the studies that I looked at preparing for this online module. And it's a really nice way of like applying things to a running race, like a marathon. And the central governor likes to, it wants to compare the effort you feel at a given point in the race to what you expect to feel within that point of the race. And this is where experience comes into it as well. And it's like an internal template that you develop and fine tune from experience. And what that means is like, if you were to um, imagine like the Borg scale, so it's like the rate of perceived exertion, it's anywhere between 10 and 20 on this Borg scale. So if you start off when you very first start your marathon, you expect to feel really refreshed expect to feel good to go. Um, so you'd be at a 10, remember the scales 10 to 20. So, um, if you start the marathon, you expect to be a 10. And as soon as you're at a 10, you feel like, great. All right. I'm doing well. Um, halfway. Well, at the end of the marathon, you're probably expecting to feel about 20 because you really want to perform at your best. You're really wanting to, um, give it your all. So that's what you've 
mentally pictured. That's your internal template. Okay, 20 will be at the end. That way, halfway through the marathon, you're probably expecting to be around about a 15. That's what you're expecting. That's what the brain expects. And that's your internal template. You get to halfway through the race and instead of a 15 out of 20, you're actually at a 16 or a 17. So you're, you're working a little bit harder than what you anticipated. And so the brain will provide a very powerful surge for you to slow down. And that might come in the form of feeling like the muscles are really weak. You're feeling depleted. You're feeling like just really heavy. And then you, there's just a powerful surge to slow down. And so that would make a lot of sense for me. I know there's sometimes within a race, uh, within an endurance race where I do feel tired, but I was expecting to feel a lot more tired than uh, what I was feeling. So my brain, my body actually gives me permission to um, kick it up a notch. And that's just what I've expected to do. And so that makes a lot of sense why at the end of a run, the brain just like doesn't hold back anything anymore. and just releases a lot of reserves. And that's where you can do your final um, sprint finish at the end and get that nice photo and um, all happy days. So I hope in your marathon experience or your race experience, or if you go out for a time trial, um, that can kind of relate to you. And this, if we can apply back to Roger Bannister's story, because everyone was talking about these limits, everyone's talking about it's impossible, it's impossible, it's impossible. That's what the brain's thinking. That's what the brain's internal template thinks. So that as soon as someone gets close to achieving the four minute mile, as soon as someone gets close to breaking it, the body's like, whoa, 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 this is too much. And then we'll impose a whole bunch of um, lactic acid. We'll impose a whole bunch of legs feeling heavy, just the inability to do it because we're not expecting to um, to break that four-minute mile. And then as soon as it was broken, the brain's like, whoa, well, what, what are our limits? And the signals from the brain to the rest of the body when you are performing has just changed. Like the calibration has changed. So very interesting to think about. I should probably note that this whole central governor theory, like it is still under debate. Like um, I think Tim Nose is the only one who has proposed this and he does seem like a bit of a colorful character and <laughs> um, seems like he has been very aggressive with his message to get this out there and um, criticized a whole bunch of other researchers along the way um, instead of like having a rational open mind about it. But um, it is interesting to talk about, and I, I guess where we're coming to the point now with the research is it's not currently whether the brain plays a role in defining your limits. The debate is like how much of an influence it does have, and I think that's where we're at. I haven't looked at all the evidence that's out there, but just on the, the research I know so far, that's sort of where we're at. And so this would be... Um, in the online module, this is where I talk about like how to train the brain, how to like recalibrate effort and that kind of thing and um, how to like work hard. And um, I think within this, this podcast, I think we might just skip that because we don't have the visuals to play around with. And I'll um, just finish up with a couple of stories and you can just go away, like kind of self-reflect on this idea and um, take it into your next uh, your next marathon or preparing for your next race or preparing for a time trial event and just consider it because even just this idea can rapidly change how you're actually preparing for training and that kind of thing. Um, it does make me think about a story. If anyone hasn't read 
David Goggins' Can't Hurt Me um, or listen to the audiobook because that's what I listen to, the audiobook. Um, have a listen because it's an incredible story and uh, after you're reading it, you're going to want to try and do a whole bunch of ultras and you're going to want to try and run a marathon and you've just got so much energy after reading it. Uh, he was a, a Navy SEAL and had a rough upbringing, but he became this guy who wanted to try and push his limits and see what his mind was capable of. And throughout the story, he just pushed himself like to that next level. And then once he pushed himself to that next level, he thought, okay, well, my limit isn't here. What else can my brain do? And then pushed uh, greater. And then he said, well, I've pushed greater. So that the last step that I did wasn't my limit. Where is my limit? And just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And he's pretty nuts, but, um, the concept of the book is really, really interesting because he is trying to work out, well, what can my body, um, where are, where are my limits? What can my body do? And, um, yeah, just tries to find it out and hasn't found it yet, but he just keeps pushing himself through all these grueling tasks. And, um, that kind of central governor theory holds true for that, that story. And if anyone hasn't read the, the book born to run, which is, extremely popular i think it's probably one of the most popular books out there for running um in the 1950s they talk about this guy emil who um, was a czech soldier and i'll talk through his story because it, it applies really nicely to this um physical limits and creating our own mental ceilings and so he was a czech soldier and he loved running training hard um he was in the military uh, all that kind of stuff but he just loved running loved exercising loved pushing himself but he'd never time his efforts he wouldn't you wouldn't be able to know what his 10k time trial or his fastest 5k was because he just never timed it he just went out in the woods would carry logs and just like do repeats do all these like um nuts things just because he loved it and he was never coached um then in his 30s and 40s uh people were signing him up for races which he'd never done before and he'd race every week for three years and as soon as he started racing he'd never lost he went uh, 69 and 0 in terms of races. He just he just keep winning, and um, he just I'll I'll continue with the story anyway. So in 1952, he went to the Helsinki Olympics, and he won gold in the 5k and the 10k. And then because I, I guess the athlete pool uh, in the Czech region was limited, um, he had the pick of like all these events he could do. It wasn't like today, but had the pick of all these other things he'd do. And they said, oh, let's sign you up for the marathon. And he had never ran a marathon before in his life. And at the time, there was an Englishman by Jim Peters who um, held the current world record. And he, I guess, didn't like this Emil guy and pushed himself. Like when the marathon started, um, he pushed himself out. Like Jim Peters pushed himself out to like a blistering pace and was like 10 minutes under his own record at the halfway point. And this guy, Emil, who was also known to be like really chatty, really friendly, talked to runners. He actually got a lot of complaints um, from officials because he'd talked to all these runners like during the race and distract them. And so um, there was a couple of complaints going from there. So you could kind of paint a picture of what kind of character he was. And so this Emil guy like ran 
up towards Jim Peters when he was setting this blistering pace out the front of the marathon. Um, and so Emil went up to him and said, hey, how are you going? Um, this is my first marathon. And um, aren't you going too fast like for the marathon? It seems like you're going really too fast. And you could just imagine what Jim Peters would be going through being like, who is this guy? Like chatting to me and um, he thought he'd be um, a bit of a smart ass. And so Jim said, no, I'm actually going too slow. And Emil was like, are you sure? Like, it seems like you're going pretty fast. And um, Jim's like, no, no, I'm actually um, going too slow. And so Emil's like, oh, thanks. And then Emil just took off in front of him and Emil actually won the gold medal and broke an Olympic record. And um, it's an incredible story. But like, what does this tell us when it comes back to this story? This is a guy who loves running, who's trained hard, so he's a good runner, but he just has zero ceiling. He doesn't know what to expect. And that comes back to our central governor theory when the brain will factor in your past experiences and will calibrate what you're expecting to feel at a certain pace, at a certain time of a race, and will um, give you input, output based on those experiences. This is a guy, this Emil guy, has zero ceiling zero past experiences and then outperforms everyone just because he has nothing to calibrate it with and i just thought i'd share that just because it fits so well with this theory and even when i'm talking to simon bartold if you haven't listened to that episode and we're talking about the carbon fiber shoes he was talking about the uh the types of shoes that are just setting so many not only are they setting marathon records but at the degree that they're smashing these records at is unfathomable. And it's it's almost like, why are they winning or why are they breaking these records by so much? Why are people breaking their marathon PBs by so much? And he was kind of um, suggesting that there might have been more help or there might have been, um, yeah, there um, they might have been receiving additional performance enhancing something because... Uh, the correlation between the shoes and the results they're getting just doesn't match. And <clears throat> perhaps because they're getting these shoes and they're telling themselves that these shoes will get me a PB, these shoes will make me perform by X percent, um, maybe that's enough for the brain to be like, well, we don't know what we can do in these shoes. And it just releases like these limitations and these expectations and maybe it holds true. So the breaking two, that whole phenomenon and the carbon plate shoes uh, maybe that holds within this theory as well um how long did i take 22 minutes in this um this rant so <laughs> um interesting concept uh it's really really cool if you haven't already i recommend uh getting alex, alex hutchinson's book endure um, because it delves into a whole bunch of research around pushing the elastic limits and the mind and talking about um the body, the body, the breath, like um, so many different concepts. I'll actually grab a. I'll actually grab the book now, so I can give you a bit of a, um, a bit of a gist. Okay, I've got the book now. So, um, the, yeah, there's a uh, part one is the mind and muscle talks about the central governor theory, like introducing that theory. Then you've got part two, which is limits, and it's got pain, it's got muscle, oxygen, heat, thirst, and fuel, and delves into all of those, and then. Part three is about training. So training the brain, zapping the brain and instilling belief. And I think the belief is a, a big component of that one. So yeah, if you want to get Alex Hutchinson's book, um, it, it will be 
an amazing like it's amazing just to learn about anyway even if you don't want to Im- improve as a runner but i think most of the people most of um the audience that listens to this podcast will want to improve some way or another um so hopefully you enjoyed uh um like i said at the start i'm super pumped to bring on these uh researchers and these guests that are coming in the funnel the next couple of weeks and i hope you enjoyed today's episode so we'll catch you next time thanks for listening to another episode of the run smarter podcast I hope you can see the impact this content has on your future running. If you appreciate the mission this podcast is creating, it would mean a lot to me if you submit a rating and review. If you want to continue expanding your knowledge, please subscribe to the podcast and get instant notifications when a new episode comes out. If you want to learn quicker, then join our Facebook group by searching the podcast title. If you want to take your learning to the next step, including injury prevention principles, injury-specific insights, and modules to boost your running performance, then head to our website by searching runsmarter.online and jump into our Run Smarter online course. Once again, thank you for listening and becoming a Run Smarter scholar. And remember, knowledge is power.